I know that free agency really hasn't started yet, and you know, uh, you know, the off season really just began, you know, a couple weeks ago. But boy, oh boy, the first week of March and really just the beginning of March has been insane so far. I mean, from Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers to Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. To, you know, even some Patriots news, Kyle Van Noy, J.C. Jackson, the whole Calvin Ridley situation. We've got a lot to talk about. So without further ado, cue the intro. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another podcast. And today we're going to be talking about really some free agency news that has happened over the past couple of weeks. Remember, this is not only a Patriots-only podcast. I do like to touch on some NFL topics as well. And while we will be going over some topics about the Patriots, you know, you know, this week has definitely been pretty rough for them. From J.C. Jackson to Kyle Van Noy, like I said, even to the whole Calvin Ridley situation, you know, a prime target that New England was really hoping that they could sign. But yeah, this week has been very interesting. And so let's just start off with the Combine. And, you know, I'm not going to get into too much about the Combine. Personally, if you're going to ask me, I think it's probably one of the more, you know, overrated uh, aspects of the offseason, especially leading up to the draft. You know, it's just, I get it's a way that teams are able to, you know, get some more data on a certain player that they're looking for. But at the same time, you know, take someone like John Ross, right? He ran a 4-2-2 at the Combine and the 40-yard dash. And because of that, I mean, he got a lot of hype going into the draft. He ended up being selected number nine, and, you know, we all know the rest of that story. But, yeah, I mean, the amount of times that we've seen teams really draft players based on their combine performances, I mean, don't get me wrong, there have been some great performances over the past couple of years. You have Aaron Donald back in 2014, where he absolutely lit up the combine. You had Dalvin Cook back in, I believe, 2017. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like the combine is a bad event. I just think that when a player runs a 4-2-6 or the quarterback that you're looking at in the draft, he doesn't have great accuracy during the combine. Look at Mac Jones, for example. During his workout performance last year, which was basically acting as the combine, he wasn't fantastic. He missed a couple of really bad, easy throws, honestly. And yet he ended up being a very good player for the Patriots this season. And he ended up being very accurate on deep ball throws. And so, really, I don't think that the Combine is a perfect place to judge a player based on how successful they're going to be. And so I'm not saying it's a bad event. All I'm saying is that I just think that the hype that certain players get during the Combine is a little bit over-exaggerated. But anyway, uh, moving on, we have to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And when his contract news got leaked with a four-year, $200 million deal, making him the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history, I was blown. $50 million basically a year. That is insane money for a quarterback. And currently at the recording of this podcast, I mean, the details, while they have been leaked, uh, are not necessarily correct. We have no idea exactly what the current details of the contract are. But if they are what they seem to be, which is that $200 million over four years contract, that is insane money. And no wonder Aaron Rodgers wants to stay with the Packers. Now, God knows how they're going to make money for that contract going forward. But holy moly, if they can get at least a Super Bowl or two out of that contract, it is going to be very, very, very worth it. Now, more on the Packers. They also uh, signed Devontae Adams to the franchise tag, which is definitely good. At least they're going to get him for one more year and they're going to have time to work out a contract. But yeah, definitely some really, really a good day for the Packers. And speaking of that same exact day, 
we also got the news about Russell Wilson, who was traded from Seattle to the Denver Broncos. And overall, that day was just a rough one for Seattle fans. I mean, they also lost Bobby Wagner, who was released by the Seahawks. But yeah, going back to Russell Wilson, Wilson was traded to the Broncos along with a fourth-round pick in exchange for Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, defensive end Shelby Harris, plus two first-round picks, one this year, one next year, two second-round picks, one this year, one next year, plus a fifth-round pick this year. And, okay, there's a lot to assess with this trade. Now, personally, I think, obviously, the Denver Broncos won this trade. They're getting Russell Wilson, a guy that is still definitely in his prime. He did come off a down season, but he is still certainly in his prime and given enough talent around him, plus a good offensive line. He is definitely a very big threat in the league still. And Denver, you know, ever since Peyton Manning retired back in 2015, they've been trying to search for a quarterback. They've been in the quarterback sweepstakes for a long time. And so it's definitely good that they got their guy. Now, on the Seahawks side of things, they obviously lost this trade. I mean, it's not a knock on them. There's nothing you could have really done. No matter how many picks you get, no matter how many players you get, you can't, I mean, obviously when you lose your star quarterback, it just means that you're starting from scratch. And so right now, obviously Denver won the trade. They get their quarterback, a guy that really is in their, his prime still and can utilize the weapons that they have. And Seattle, I mean, they still have two great receivers. Their offense is not bad at all. My problem is just that they don't have a good quarterback. And Drew Locke is just not going to cut it. Neither is Geno Smith. And so here's what I have for Seahawks fans. There is still hope for Deshaun Watson. And I know that he just got, he, he was found not guilty for his criminal charges. He still has to be assessed for his civil charges. But if Seattle is able to land Russell Wilson, if they are able to give up a couple of guys, plus certainly the around three first-round picks that Houston is asking for, then definitely Seattle should definitely make a push to try to get Deshaun Watson. Now, this depends on which approach Seattle is going for. Are they trying to rebuild completely? Are they just starting from scratch, starting with a new quarterback, starting with a completely new offense? In that case, you probably have to go ahead and trade DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Don't waste their prime in Seattle. But yeah, definitely a very interesting situation there in Seattle. And then you also had Khalil Mack, who was traded to the Chargers for a second-round pick this year and a fifth-round pick next year. And honestly, I think both teams definitely won this trade. One, Khalil Mack is going to a play, possible playoff contender and has a chance to win a Super Bowl for the first time in his career. And pairing him up with Joey Bosa, I mean, those two could certainly create a dynamic duo, which is definitely going to create some issues for Russell Wilson, who is moving to the AFC West to get away from that awful offensive line that he had in Seattle. And now he has to go ahead and play these two guys two times a year, and that's definitely going to be very interesting to see. And then for the Bears, I mean, they are getting rid of Khalil Mack, who had a big cap hit going into this year. And then they're also really getting some very nice picks. I think that a second rounder for Khalil Mack, especially with the Chargers willing to take on that cap hit, definitely a very decent trade. And so, yeah, I think both teams definitely won this trade, even though, you know, people are going to say that the Chargers getting Khalil Mack was definitely the winner here. But either way, I think both teams definitely won this one. Now, moving on to the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, it's been rough. Uh, to start off, we had J.C. Jackson, who during the combine on March 4th, insider Ian Rappaport reported that the Patriots will not be using the franchise tag on Jackson effectively, letting him test free agency. 
and this is huge for the Patriots for so many different reasons. Now, I literally just made an episode last week talking about how the Patriots need to keep Jackson and why he is so important for the Patriots' success now and in the future, whether or not he is on the team. Now, just because he wasn't signed to attack doesn't mean he won't return. Jackson could just be testing the waters of free agency, really setting the bar for the Patriots, you know, for them to really give him the contract that he wants. And, you know, franchise tagging Jackson would have been pretty hard, considering the tag would be costing around $17.3 million. And so maybe New England is just buying more time to work out a long-term deal. But yeah, definitely very disappointing considering, you know, Jackson, how he's basically the best player on the Patriots right now. And so, yeah, definitely very frustrating. It very much worries me how the how New England is going to address the cornerback position going into next year. It's going to be very interesting but yeah, when you get rid of a guy like J.C. Jackson who has lockdown corner abilities, he is a ball hawk. He is everything you want a corner to be. And, you know, he gets beat in the short game a couple of times here and there. But definitely, he is one of the best corners in the league right now. And so it's very disappointing that New England wasn't able to work out a deal. Now, there is a chance that New England can snag another corner in free agency, and that is Carlton Davis. I don't want to get too much into Davis right now because I do have a lot to talk about with him in the free agency podcast, but suffice it to say, he is a very good corner that is just only lacking the ball skills that Jackson has, and you know, that doesn't mean that he's a, he doesn't have ball skills, he certainly is still a great corner, I'm just saying that JC Jackson is just a magnet for the ball, and he's just always around it, and it's definitely going to be tough losing a corner who has just been so valuable over the past two years. Now we move on to Kyle Van Noy, who was released by the Patriots. And, you know, obviously he's a fan favorite. He is an excellent linebacker, in my opinion. He may not be great in pass coverage, but he is certainly a great pass rusher, and he can also do a lot of damage stopping the run. And he's just an overall and a very underrated talent. Bill can basically put him anywhere a linebacker goes, and he will do at least a decent job. But at the end of the day, I do see why the decision was made. Again, the NFL is a business. It is not just a league where players get signed for fun and are kept for fun. It was a business decision. And releasing Kyle Van Noy will open up around $5 million in cap space, which in the current situation that the Patriots are in is quite a bit. And so while Kyle Van Noy is a great talent, he was set to be a free agent this year. And so either way, there was no way that New England would have been able to give him a contract where he and the Patriots were both going to be happy. Plus, with Kyle Van Noy being released, we also get to see more from guys like Chase Winovich, Josh Uche, Afrini Jennings, Ronnie Perkins, the likely Hightower replacement, Cameron McGrone. And so, yeah, while Kyle Van Noy is leaving, his absence and likely Dante Hightower's absence is definitely going to open up opportunities for these young guys to shine, which is definitely a good thing. Now, finally, we have to talk about Calvin Ridley, and this is... This is just, it's so, so random. And of course, it hurts the Patriots in this way. But without further ado, Calvin Ridley was suspended by the NFL for gambling during his time away from the Falcons. And don't get me wrong, while Ridley's actions were certainly wrong, I mean, gambling away from the team, let alone gambling on your team, those are two things that I'm very glad that the NFL is condemning. But the fact that the NFL gave Ridley a one-year suspension is way too much and you know again gambling on games is messed up and you know he should be suspended for it honestly I think he should be suspended at most for half the year 
but for an entire year, that is way too long, especially when you compare this suspension to other suspensions that the NFL has given out, you know, substance abuse suspensions, you have assault, battery, you have all these other suspensions. And those are usually around, you know, six to eight games at most. But for an entire year for gambling, a a topic that the NFL, you know, in some ways endorses with companies like FanDuel, you know, Caesars Sportsbooks, you have all these kinds of gambling companies that the NFL is partnering with. And so for an entire year, I do think that is definitely a lot of time. And for the Patriots, this hurts them so much because Calvin Ridley was a prime target for them going to free agency. And him and Mac Jones, I thought those two were definitely going to hit it off really well. And so without Calvin Ridley, New England is likely going to have to look elsewhere. There are rumors of the Patriots looking at Allen Robinson possibly even Amari Cooper, as he is likely to be released by the Cowboys for his cap hit. But yeah, definitely disappointing that New England isn't going to be able to get someone like Calvin Ridley, who is just a sensational talent when he is on the field. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll catch you guys later in the next one. Peace out.